You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more. Welcome to episode 79 of the Hoops Fix podcast with me, your host, Sam Nita, full-time British basketball advocate. And on this week's show, we have another highly regarded, uh, highly respected, widely touted uh, British basketball prospect, none other than Jeremy Sohan, class of 2021, uh, 2003 born, and has committed recently this summer uh, to Baylor, a big-time NCAA, NCAA Division One program. Um, as you'll hear, his, his story is a little bit complicated in terms of where he's been, where he's played. And he, unfortunately, uh, now represents Poland. Not unfortunately, of course, it's, it's great for him, but it's, it's our loss um, at, the, at the European Championships. He burst onto the scene and, and garnered a lot of international attention last summer uh, when he uh, picked up the Division B MVP uh, whilst leading uh, Poland to promotion to Division A. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, that could have been him doing that for, for Great Britain. But for various reasons, which we'll hear about in, in this podcast, uh, it never ended up happening. And I think it will be one that the Federation and us will be kicking ourselves for many years to come. Uh, he has a legitimate shot at a very, very decent uh, professional career. Um, and I'm not going to say those three three letters, um, but you'll hear him talk about it uh, in this. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting to have a player that has legitimately come through the UK system and doing the things that he is doing he's currently in Germany uh, for this coming season after being at high school in the States last year um, and then of course we'll be going to, to Baylor uh, next year so yeah it was, a, it was a really enjoyable conversation to kind of hear his, his mentality his mindset his story um, from his perspective and I think you'll enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having it anyway before we do get into the show as always got to give a quick mention for our Patreon account patreon.com forward slash hoopsfix p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash h-o-o-p-s-f-i-x there you can sign up to give us a monthly uh, contribution or annual contribution of as much or as little as you'd like to help us do the work that we're doing trying to grow this British basketball media landscape thing um, it does cost money these podcasts cost money writing costs money uh, our time costs money and uh, we're coming you direct directly to you our audience to help support us so please go and check it out patreon.com forward slash hoopsfix as always if you're watching on youtube uh, let me know what you think in the comments below uh, you can reach out to me also on every single social media platform at hoopsfix or if you prefer some private interaction drop me an email sam at hoopsfix.com i reply to every single one anyway that is enough from me here is this week's show with jeremy sohan jeremy welcome to the show thank you appreciate it for having me so let's let's take it back. Obviously, uh, well, just to just to say, I had to have you on because um, you were the uh, most requested guest of of late. After we interviewed uh, Cameron uh, after his commitment, it was a top voted comment on your YouTube. People were like, "Oh, please, can you interview Jeremy?" Obviously, sent you a message, and we've, we've kind of finally finally been able to to make it happen. Um, still very young, just just seventeen, but yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> a whole a whole a host of, of basketball under your belt already. Um, right. But I would love to start right at the beginning. Um, you know, kind of how did you first pick up a ball? What was it that made you uh, first start playing basketball? Right. So, I mean, you know, basketball's always been a part of me. My mom played, my dad played. They both played in the same college in America. So, I mean, I was born with it, basically. And then when I was around two, uh, we moved to France because my dad started playing professionally. Um, but that wasn't too much. And... My mum decided to uh, move to Southampton, actually, where I first started playing basketball around five. Um, I mean, it wasn't anything serious. Uh, it was just local ball training, a little bit of fun. But then around uh, year three, I moved to Milton Keynes, where I met my stepdad. And um, 
I started getting a little bit more serious, but I also like played football and I, I didn't know what I really wanted to do in life. But um, I mean, I was natural in basketball. You know, my mum was still coaching me. Um, it just it just naturally came to me. And I mean, from there, I started like picking it up. Um, I started playing for MK Trojans. You might know Coach Mike New. Uh, he's pretty big in England, for sure. He played in London Lions as well. So you might know him, but... I mean, it wasn't too big. Like, we only had, like, two training sessions a day. Um, there was, like, 25 people in one court. So it was pretty hard to improve. Um, but I also actually worked out with my mom and Ishmael Fontaine, you probably know as well, yeah. um, like, three times a week. Um, he, he improved my game a lot. He was a mentor, not just basketball, but in general. And then, I mean, from there, in year 11... I moved to um, Itchen, to Southampton, back to Southampton. And I mean, I went from playing National League, not even Prem, to playing at the most elite basketball level in UK. And with the help of Coach Matt and Coach Jack, um, it brought my game to the next level for sure. So, well, yeah, one, yeah. One, one of the things that, there was a few things that I discovered that uh, that I wasn't aware of um, in, in my research for this, like, one was the fact that, that both your, your parents obviously played college ball, so so they, right. it was a Division Two school in, in Oklahoma that they were at, right? Yeah, Panhandle State, yeah. Panhandle State, and then, and the other thing that obviously you've just said, which I didn't realise, was that your dad, you moved to France because your dad was playing professionally, so was, was he playing pro-A, like in the, in the top the top league in France? Uh, like, how, how good was he? It, I don't know if it was the top league, but he did play in uh, France for, I think, a year. And then he moved to England. So he played in uh, Bristol Flyers and Redden Rockets. Oh, so wow. You probably, know, not a lot of people know that, but he, wow. and he was pretty good. He was um, he was scoring quite a lot of points and he was Ooh. he was doing a lot for Redden Rockets. What's your dad's name? Uh, Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams. Okay, wow. Okay, that's a, yeah, yeah. I never heard you speak about that either. That's, um... That's crazy. So, yeah. so, do you have memories of like being that young and seeing seeing your dad playing and 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 obviously uh, so, yeah, gone. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like when I was in Southampton, I remember going to. So my my parents went together, but um, like he played for Bristol Flyers, and that's pretty close to Southampton, I believe. So, and like at times, yeah, close enough. At times, I would, yeah, close enough. Uh, I would go to his games and watch them and be a part of the team and mess around with them and the players. So, I mean, basketball was always with me. So wow. it, was, it was great. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that, 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 is a, that is a madness. And so, like, do you do you feel like your parents encouraged you to play basketball? Do you think it was it was a case of you being around the game? As a result of being around the game, you kind of, like, just took a liking to it and started off your own back wanting to do it? Yeah, I mean, my, my parents never forced anything on me. I think it was just me being around the game and, you know, just liking the game, having fun with it. And that's how I got involved in the game. And they never really forced me to play or anything. They were always open-minded. So, yeah. at, what, at what point did you realise that you're pretty decent and, uh, you know, you kind of might have a future in this sport? Right. So, I mean, I always thought I could do whatever I want, but... I realized around like 13, 14, where I was like, okay, I can do this for, for a long time. Like if I put my my mind to it and work hard. So that, yeah, around that time. I'm trying to think the the first, I feel like, I'm pretty sure it was you, but I, I, the first clip that we posted of you was playing with MK uh, yeah. in 
it was conference competition. You you had to put back off your own miss, right? Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, the first time you actually posted me was me getting dunked on by Oakland uh, Wolves. <laughs> I actually got dunked on. Yeah. Who was it's that? It's pretty bad. But, um. Ah, oh, I forgot his name. It was a big guy. A big guy. I forgot what his name is. Uh, that, I remember it. That must have been years ago. Yeah, I think it was a few months before you actually posted me for a highlight. Uh, okay. But, yeah, to, that was to, the first time you... I have to yeah. try and dig that up. Um, I yeah. never, never realised. So so we've got footage of, of a young Jeremy getting dunked on. Wow. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> um, you know, you like you were you pretty tall at a young age? Because you're you're what six eight now? Yeah, I'm six eight. So, at what point did you kind of have the growth spurt? I mean, I I think I gradually grew. Like I was pretty tall, like the whole time, for my age. So I I don't really remember having a a massive growth spurt or anything. Yeah. And then playing in 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 Milton Keynes, like you said, it was it was conference competitions you were playing in. Yeah, conference. We literally was 20 and 0 most seasons and then when it comes to playoffs we would we would win the first game but then in the final eight we would always lose wow i remember the first time we got to the final eight we played actually cameron hildreth um yeah we played them and then i think the second time we played harringay yeah and were you always being coached by mike new in in uh for for those teams uh so my mom actually coached me as well so it it was a mix of them too yeah. Wow. Does your mum still speak to you about your game now and kind of give you advice and tips and pointers? All the time. All the time. Literally really? all the time. Do but you, it's helpful. Yeah, I was going to say, like, do you feel like, do you credit, uh, you know, a lot of your basketball IQ, kind of your, like, your game to her teachings? Oh, definitely. My mum was a point guard, so she knows the game. She 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 knows the game, and that's the, I think that's where I get my playmaking skills from, and my my IQ and the way I see the game, for sure. Wow, that's mad. Um, yeah. So the decision. So so okay. So so you're you're in Milton Keynes. You know, at this point, right. you're like you know, in your in your teens, early teens, thirteen, fourteen, mm-hmm. fifteen, playing playing conference competitions. Um, obviously working out with Ishmael Fontaine, which again I never knew that. Uh, yeah. So that's and and kind of. You're, I, I assume, starting to take this a lot more seriously and thinking, okay, I need to make some decisions about what I'm going to do, where I'm going to go. Obviously, you know, in the UK, generally, uh, you know, right. uh, you get to 16 finish. After you finish your GCSEs, you then make a decision on a college that you're going to go to, mm-hmm. to do to EABL school or whatever. Obviously, in your case, you made that decision a year early and went for in in year 11, right? Um, right. Yeah. Like, exactly. Why did why did that happen? What made you make that decision uh, a little bit earlier than than most would? Most would have just finished their GCSEs, then made the switch. Yeah. So I, I made that decision a lot earlier because I started getting on the map, like Europe, like in the in Europe, like um, I started playing with Poland, but I also played with England. So there's a little bit of a mismatch there. Um, but like a lot of like clubs, European clubs, and a few high schools, like started getting to know me and. They wanted me to go out, but um, I think like mentally I wasn't ready and my parents didn't really want me to leave that early. So, I mean, I, f- I had to change somewhere. I had to change a club like because playing National League wasn't wasn't the best and it wouldn't improve me. So we looked at a few um, colleges to go to or, or teams and then go to a, a secondary school there and try and pay for the college team. So that's what we really did. What were the well? Actually, before before we do the, the UK schools, who were the European clubs and and sort of American high schools that were coming knocking for you and showing an interest at that point? Uh, 
So the European clubs I went to visit Ratio Farm Um, Brosa Bamberg, um, Tenerife. And then I also had like some interest from different clubs like uh, Saragossa, a few from Serbia, um, Italy. So I, I was on the map a little bit, but yeah, I decided to stay in England. And then a few of the high schools, um, oh, I can't even remember the high schools now. But they weren't, they weren't the best. What, what, what made you choose to go to Itchin? Um we're going to Southampton rather than you know another school that that, were, that was closer. Going to, to like you know obviously the the the, right. the the bigger powerhouse EABL school, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. w- was it partly because you you obviously have roots in, in Southampton, or, or was there more that more that played a, a role in that decision? Yeah, so I think one of the main ones was because I had roots there. Uh, my mum knew Matt Guyman; she was really close with his mum. So um, like I already had roots there, and what they told me was really good. Um, but I also had a little bit of it. Um, also, Red and Rockets wanted me, and um, uh, who else was it? I, I think it was only Red and Rockets, but um, I really liked Red and Rockets as well. They had a great coach, Alan Keane. He's a really good coach. But I think because of that thing that I had the roots there and my mum knew the coach, I think I had to go there for sure. So. And when you went there initially, was it the intention that... You're going to stay there through your uh, post-16 education, you know, do do college for two years or whatever, and then whether it's go to the States or some of European club, like kind of what was your initial yeah. plan when you first uh, went to South, went back to Southampton? Yeah, so so the initial plan was actually to, to leave after a year or two, but it wasn't, I wasn't meant to, you know, finish my years in Itchen. Like they knew that I wanted to evolve and evolve, so... They allowed me to go there for a year and then improve and then move like move out after that first year. So your eye was always on I'm going to go overseas. You just weren't sure whether it was going to be America or, or somewhere else in Europe at that point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I just needed that year of you know being away from home, become more mature, and that's why we moved, we decided to move to England, like somewhere else in England than you know Europe or America, which is pretty big at the age of fifteen. Yeah. Of course. Ha- you know, going from playing, you know, conference competitions in in Milton Keynes to then, uh, you know, at 15 years old, you're you're getting minutes with a Division One men's club. You're playing in the EABL, which is an under eight, under 19 competition. Sorry, so so most of the guys that you're playing against are yeah. a good, you know, four years older than you. Um, yeah, great. Was it a bit of a baptism baptism of fire? Were you a bit like, you know, this is a big jump, or, or did you actually find, oh, this is uh, this is all right. I'm better than I thought I was, or you know, whatever it might be. I think I think it was both. Um, like the, it was a big jump, especially physically. Everyone was a lot bigger than me. I'm, I'm a pretty skinny guy, so it was pretty hard. And I played the four and five, so you know, playing against someone like Peter was pretty hard because he's a big guy. But I mean, I always thought I was natural, and like I I realized that I could play at this and I could play higher level, and that's that's really how it went. Why did you have one eye? On going overseas, like why did you feel like uh, going leaving the UK was the route for you? Like why did you feel like you needed to do that to develop? I think like England, England, the basketball is improving, but there's still not enough exposure, especially if one live uh, play at the highest level, um, and also like just like gym time and the t- like the games you play. I think it's a lot better overseas for now. And I, I just I just thought that's the place I needed to be in, in the next few years. 
so you you briefly mentioned the the, the national team stuff. I do I do want to get into that. Like so, you represent the England under fifteens at a Copenhagen tournament. Um, yeah. And then you know we we all know that you ended up representing Poland. I've represented Poland uh, for two straight summers of 2018, right. 2019 at the under sixteen uh, Europeans. Um, now I would it would be well, it'd be interesting actually. Do you do you feel like if someone was to say where's home? Do you feel like England is home? Yeah, for sure. England's home. I've right. been there most of my years. So yeah, of course. It's definitely home. So, you know, and I would assume that from 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 your standpoint, like your friends are here, your family's here. Right. Uh, you know, when you're talking about representing the national team, the ideal situation would be to represent. Well, obviously, there was England 15s, but Great Britain is the was the the FIBA affiliated yeah. uh, organization. And I know there were conversations. I know that at, at some point there was a desire from you to to, to represent Great Britain. Um, and then I also know that obviously you have a, a Polish passport, an American passport, not a British yeah. passport. And to be able to get a British passport, obviously that would require some involvement from the Federation on trying to sort that out for you and, and make that happen. Like mm-hmm. what exactly happened uh, and what ended up leading to you uh, representing Poland in the end? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked for, for quite a while, um, especially during the season. Um, you know, I was, I was, I was at camps with Poland and in England. Um, but I think the main reason why I chose Poland was because of the organization and the money put into the, the sport. Um, like with Poland, especially at the age of 15, 16, we would have reg- like camps regularly, um, every like three months or six months, um, tournaments. And I feel like, like going to a European championship tournament you need to be with a team for longer than, let's say, like two months of preparation or something like England does, which is, I mean, you know, England has so much potential to be a great team, but with a month or two, uh, two months of preparation before a European championship, I mean, it's, it's going to be really hard to do well at it, do well in the, in the tournament. So I think it was, it was a lot better for me to go to Poland, play for Poland. How... Did that conversation go down with GB in the end? Was there even a conversation? Did you have to have to speak to anyone and be like, "Yeah, do you know, what? like I'm I'm making the choice to go to Poland, and these are the reasons." Right. I mean, um, my stepfather took most of the conversations. Um, they talked to me a few times, but um, it, it was. I think they understood why. I think they they were they understood why. I I mean, I feel like if they maybe put a little bit more pressure on me to you know. Go on the go on the journey with uh, with uh, GB. I think maybe I would, I would decide to go with GB. But I don't think there was a lot of pressure, and they didn't put too much on me. And it, I didn't, I didn't really like see. It wasn't. Really it wasn't like they were chasing. They were chasing you, like yeah, being like, yeah, we exactly, want you to play for us. We exactly. want you to play for us. Right. It's yeah. not. It, it didn't feel like that. And like Poland, they constantly like texted my mom and wanted me to come to camps, like fly me over and stuff. So, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those ones that the federation uh, is going to be kicking themselves. And of course, and of course, when it when it came down to it, that so that first that first summer uh, you represent Poland twenty twenty eighteen, um, right? You played GB in the classification games. You had your best game at a tournament yeah. uh, in that game. You have like yeah. I've got it written down somewhere. It was like fourteen and ten in in like twenty minutes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Was, no, was did you feel, did game. you feel like that was a vindication game? Did you feel like you know I want to take out some frustration or whatever? Right. And I mean, not really. I, I I go to every game with the same mentality, you know, try and kill everyone. But like, um, I mean, it felt good after the game to play, especially against my friends, but also that like show GB that, you know, they missed out a little bit. 
not in a cookie way, but yeah. Yeah, I, t- I, t- I totally get what you're saying. Well, that's, and that's the other thing. Like, uh, you know, you mentioned there is, is that from a from a from a camaraderie perspective, like, you know, if you were to represent Great Britain, it's like, of course, you know, I assume that you've made friends with your your Polish teammates, and if you're having regular camps, of right. course, those friendships are going to be built. But actually, yeah, yeah. you know, representing Great Britain, you know, during those summers, during those camps, you'll be playing with guys that you've grown up playing with, playing against, like your right. friends, and you exactly. can you create all those memories, right? For sure. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's a shame, but. It is what it is at the end of the day. So totally, totally. yeah. And of course, and of course, and the other thing which we obviously have to mention is that then last summer, uh, you so the first summer. What was your record in the in the in the first summer with the with the team? Because you're in Division B, obviously. Oh yeah. Go on. So we were actually we were actually meant to like like advance to Division A that summer. Like we had a really great squad. Um, a few of them like now play like pro. I mean, like pros and um like in American high school. And even have like some high major um, uh, interest, but I mean, we didn't really gel as a team that year. Um, but I think we we got into the quarterfinals and then we lost, and then we came I think sixth, sixth or fifth. I don't I don't remember what it was, but it was it was an alright summer uh, tournament. I mean, I, I learned a lot from that playing against older people as well. And then yeah, that that happened that summer, and then the next summer. And, and the next summer, just to finish the story, the next summer, obviously, you got promotion yeah, to Division yeah. Division A with the team, and, and you won MVP. Before we quickly, before we talk about that, uh, that initial summer, like you know, looking at your minutes spread across the games, it was it was pretty up and down. You know, you, you had you had twenty minutes game yeah. for the first couple of games, and you went down to like three minutes for a couple of games. Like, how difficult? I mean, of, you were a year younger than the under sixteens, right? So you were a year, year young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a year young. Yeah. Was that difficult? Like, uh, kind of with those fluctuating minutes and trying to work out what your role was and and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Right, I think it was uh, mentally and physically as well. Like, uh, like the first, I think two, three games I started, I played like t- over twenty minutes, and then after that, I just went downhill until the GB game where I started playing again. But um, it was a little bit annoying. But I, I understand why I, I did that happened. I didn't really. I I, I had a like maybe a few months with the two thousand two group because I was with two thousand three most of the time, and then I got asked to you know play with the two thousand two group. So. I mean, we didn't have the best chemistry, and I think coach didn't know who to play and where to play them. So it was it was pretty hard for him for sure. So after that summer, you come back to England, and that was when obviously you you went back to Southampton. Um, yeah. Can you talk about kind of what that year uh, did for you in terms of your development? You know, working with uh, the likes of Matt Gaim and Jack O'Keefe down there. Um, right. And kind of what role it played in sort of I guess elevating your game. Oh, that 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 was probably one of my biggest years for sure. That was from you know playing national league, like I said, uh, not even Premier to playing elite level in uh, under 19s and you know practicing with D1 and getting some minutes there and having coaches like Matt Guyman and Jack Jack O'Keefe was brilliant for me. I mean, I was I was pretty stiff and and I wasn't really like natural on the perimeter or anything, but like Jack, uh, Coach Jack helped me with that a lot and um, play, like just like learning from the D1 players, like just like my IQ and like what I think of the game and players like Travis Charles, who's a great player who played college ball already, um, just learning so much from them just helped me elevate ele- elevate my game so much. So it was great for me. If you yeah. if you were to point to the single biggest thing that you took from your time there, that you've kind of carried with you until now, like what would you say it was? 
Oh, um, I think it was just to, you know, practice hard and play hard every every time. Like it doesn't matter what team it is, what player you're playing against. Just just give it all your like give it all every time, because I remember a few a few games in in Itchen and you know Sona Kestrel. If it was a weaker team, I mean I would coast. I would coast the game. I wouldn't do too much. I'd mess around a little bit, but you know Coach Matt and Coach Jack got onto me a lot, and I think they matured my game so much. So uh, it was it was great. I was going to say, do you feel like uh, you you're a player that kind of rises to the challenge, like the bigger the stage or the bigger the opponent, the more sort of up for it you're going to be? I, I think so. I mean, I love a challenge, and I think playing against like big crowds and big teams and in like clutch moments, I think that's where I live. Like that's what I really like doing. And I think it's just so fun. It gets me so excited. <laughs> you know the, the the obvious so the first game of yours that I actually filmed was the game against Barking Abbey. Uh, now you know yeah. I, I'd heard kind of um, for a while that there's this kid Jeremy who's like you know got a real shot. He's he's legit or whatever. And and then uh, I live in East London, so Barking Abbey is down the road from me, so it's very yeah. easy for me to get to their games. Right. Um, so I, you know I saw on the schedule when you were coming, I was like I need to go go down and make sure I see. It. Obviously at that point they're undefeated. Uh, you know you had yeah, played them already crazy. once and lost by three, right? Um, yeah, yeah, we should have won that. <laughs> uh, and then, so annoying. sort of in in that rematch, re- in that rematch, uh, you know, you're 15 years old playing against, you know, I, I think that Barking Abbey team. I think the majority of them were third years. I think. Um, yeah, that was a great team. Yeah, so you're playing against 19 year olds, and you know, you go out and you drop 31 and 15, and you had I don't even know how many you had in the fourth, but I know down the stretch you were massive as well. There's a mixtape yeah. on YouTube if you want to go and see. Um, but kind of, <laughs> can you what's your what's your memory of that game? And kind of like, do you feel like it was a bit of a coming out party for you in terms of sort of cementing that you know at 15 years of age, this is what you're doing to you know a bunch right. of guys that are going D1, um, and you've got all this potential. Right. I mean, that, that first of all, that that team we played was great. I mean, Ade, Jonathan Brown, all of those players there were great and. I mean, I went into that game thinking, oh, we need to win this. They're undefeated. We lost to them already by two or three, whatever it was. And we should have, we should have definitely won that game. And I mean, we at the start, we, we played kind of slow. We didn't play too well. And I mean, I was really excited for that game. And I don't know, it, I just went into some some mode where I just had to do it. And it was it was a great game. We, we won the game. I think we were down by, I don't know how much it was, but in the fourth or third, we were down by quite a lot. And we came back, and it was a great win. It was a really good win. We also have to talk about the dunk at the end, uh, and you know the big, <laughs> the big dunk you had, and then obviously talking the, talking trash. Uh, you know, let's play, let's play. Yeah. Like, kind of, what are your memories right. of that play in particular? And then I guess can you kind of talk about your mentality when it comes to you know? I know you like to get out of the games. I know you like to talk a little bit of trash. Um, kind of, yeah. Talk about your men- mentality around all that stuff. Right. I mean, I, I mean that's probably. One of the dunks I, I remember a lot. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what happened, but I just go past and I was like, okay, let me go up for it. Um, but that's the mentality I think I need every time I play. Uh, just going for it and you know, not really thinking about it. Of course, thinking about it like, oh, like if it's a good decision or or what. But you know, just being a little bit like, just just go for it. And I mean, my mentality is to to play well, but also like get into the other people's heads, be a little bit cheeky, um, talk to them, you know, get them a little bit frustrated. And I think that's the that's the best way to get into someone's head and, you know, 
make their make their game go down. So I think, yeah. Did you feel like uh, you were starting to get a bit of a target on your back in terms of getting the best from every team that you played against and people looking out for you and making sure that, you know, let's make sure that we stop Jeremy type thing? I think a little bit. Um, before that, we played Cola and I got player of the week. And I think after that, I, I like some players started like, maybe not hating, but they wanted to go at me and talk trash to me as well. I mean, I, I like that. I like when, when the other players talk trash to me because it's just going to get me more motivated for the game and everything. So, I mean, I was I was really excited for that. Do you feel like uh, do you feel like British basketball has a lot of haters? Like you know, when you talk about kind of <laughs> when you talk about your sort of individual success, you know, when you're talking about your generation, right. obviously you're up there. Um, you know, you're doing you're doing great things. Do you feel like your peers, mm-hmm. when you're talking about other players your age, other players around your age, junior players in the UK, do you think they look at you and think, "Go on, Jeremy, we want you to succeed. Like you're you're representing all of us." Or do you feel like they're yeah. kind of like they would rather you fail and are just like this guy ain't that good anyway? I'm mm. better than him. Like, kind of, what, what would you right. what do you think about the general mentality around it? I think it's a mix of both. I think it's a it's a mix of both. I know I've heard a few things about me and a few other players where people have hated about them, but um, I I I do know that there's a lot of people you know who are, who are in my DMs like telling me to go for it and like you're the next guy to you know make it somewhere big and I mean. I appreciate both people, both mentalities. Like the one one side, you know, um, make like motivates you to do better, and then the other side just humbles you and makes you want to do better as well. So I think I think it's a mix of both in England for sure. Do you get a lot of uh, younger players messaging you that you don't even know who they are and just being like, I don't know, saying whatever and wishing you the best or, or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I do get quite a lot, and I appreciate those DMs. I think I, they mean a lot, and you know, even like when when they ask questions, maybe like a day where I, I've had a long day and I've practiced a lot, and just replying to them and making their day, and you know, helping them out with their game or whatever they need is, I think, really humbling, and I think it's, it helps people. So yeah, you no, know, I really appreciate those DMs. Sure. So, you know, you did you did your year in. Um, in Southampton, and then you you, right. you went to um, La Lu La Lumiere La Lumi La Lumiere yeah La Lumiere yeah La Lumiere yeah. um, how like did that decision come about like why was it after that year you know when you speak about kind of the involvement of whether it's your parents or whether it's uh, your coaches kind of what was the right. conversations were they saying you know we think it's time you should you should make this jump now these are these are the options what were the options that you were looking at what were, and kind of what uh yeah ended up making making you make the decision that you made right so i mean the main thing was uh i think to leave england um both my parents agreed with that and i think uh i mean coach matt and coach jack did agree with that as well um whether that was to go to Europe, Europe or America was the, the big decision. But, I mean, it's always been a dream for me to go to college. So we thought, you know, going to high school would be a lot better for me than going to Europe and maybe having to, you know, sign a, a contract deal or something which would ruin my eligibility. So, um, I mean, we talked through it a lot. Um, we talked to quite a few um, high schools. We went to actually visit a few high schools. Um, some of them were Lalamir, uh, Sunrise Christian, um, uh, Brewster, and then there was a few others, and then also like some European clubs. But I mean, in the end, I had a really good conversation with Lalamir. You know, they're a powerhouse in in high school, so we decided to go with them. 
did you go had you made that decision before you went to the european championships or after uh before it was before. I, I decided yeah so i went to visit a few um high schools in february um and then i think i don't remember when i think it, around may i decided to you know go to a high school and then and then uh, european championships happened nba uh, academy happened and yeah a few other things happened so that European Championships, uh, you know, winning the MVP, taking your team to promotion, like, what did that mean to you? How big of a deal was it for you? And I guess, did how much right. of your world changed afterwards? Did that, re- like, I feel like that would have really put you on the map for anyone that potentially wasn't aware yeah. of you before, right? Right. I mean, that 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 championship meant a lot. Um, that me, me and that group, even the coaches, we were so close to each other. We practiced so hard. We had a few, we had quite a lot of tournaments before that, and we were doing so well. And you know, going out there, giving it our best every game, um, being successful meant so much to us. And I mean, I don't really care about the most uh, the MVP trophy or whatever it was the ball. Um, it's like the championship meant the most for sure. You know, doing it for my family. Uh, my stepfather's Polish. My mom's Polish. Uh, my family came over to watch it. It just meant everything. Wow. It meant everything. It was great, and yeah. I'm I'm assuming. Do you speak Polish? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's not it's not fluent, but I I do speak a little bit of Polish. <laughs> is it is it enough to get by in coaching huddles? Understand what's being said and stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need a translator or anything it's, like it, that. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. And I mean, you know, the basketball world, you don't have to speak in like full Polish or whatever whatever language you want. You know, basketball, basketball, you you can understand it. So it was alright. At what point? No, I was. You know, we're going to speak about high school in a second. You know, I know that, of course. You know, when you're playing uh, in high school, you're going to start getting a lot more attention than maybe you would have done right. beforehand, right? But mm-hmm. at what point did the colleges actually start coming uh, and recruiting you? At what point did you get your actual first a tangible offer? Yeah. So I mean, I had a few college, a couple of colleges before the European Championships, and a few of them actually flew over. Uh, Santa Clara, I think. I think Oregon State. Um, I think that that was the only two, but I mean, a lot of a lot of colleges um, watched me play, and you know, stayed in contact with uh, my stepfather. But I didn't really get any calls or anything. Um, but after after winning that championship, a few uh, colleges called me and you know offered me, but it wasn't really officially. It was just you know saying, oh, there's this scholarship for you. Uh, Would love to have you, but I didn't really talk to them or anything. But I mean, after after the European Championship, that's where you know I got quite exposed before high school, and but yeah, was that a big deal for you? Like you know, like you said, you kind of your your aspiration uh, has been was to was to play college basketball, and then to for that to start right. becoming a reality, to start getting the schools contacting mm-hmm. you, to start getting offers, like kind of, do you remember how that made you feel at the time, and kind of what your thought process was around it? Right, I mean. It was it was crazy to think about because, I mean, since I was a little kid, I always dreamed about going to college and, like, realising that all these, like, like D1, like, college and realising all these D1 colleges were, like, talking about being and, you know, really interested in me. Like, I thought it was crazy, but I also didn't want to get too attached to that. I mean, I, I like, great things happen, but, you, you know, you need to, you need to let, like, you need to, like, let go of them as well because, you know, like being attached to too much can, you know, drown you and make you your ego go up a lot. So 
I mean, I just tried to be myself, like, while these colleges all like, came up to me and, you know, talked to me and offered me. So, yeah. Speaking to you, uh, of course, we've, we've had conversations before, but I think this is the first real right. in-depth, long long conversation mm-hmm. we've had. You know, it's it's clear that you've got your head screwed on and you're very humble and also very, you're very confident, obviously, in your abilities. But at the same time, you don't ha- seem to, well, you don't seem to have a massive ego. You know, uh, what do you think it is that has grounded you, that has kept you grounded, that has, um, I guess, helped your development as a human being, you know, off the court? Right. I mean, uh, both my parents, um, they always, you know, preached about being humble, being respectful. And like, even like the, the teams I've been in, they've always been respectful and they've helped me grow as a player, but more importantly, as a person. So, um, I think that helped and also just being away from home since I was 15 I've always been away from home and I think that just matures you a lot more and you you see a lot and you're more open-minded so I think I think that really helped me as a player for sure yeah I mean considering you're you're only 17 you've kind of been around and you know you lived already lived in three four different countries how long how long were you in France before you left France when you were young uh, only a year, only a year. year so okay. I, I wouldn't really count it. I was two. You were, yeah, of course, but still, like America, America, <laughs> France, uh, yeah, uh, England, America again, and obviously now um, right. Germany. Like it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's for sure. I always say to people like traveling is, I think, so important to do because it does open up, open up your eyes, open yeah. up your mind, and realize 100%. not everyone sees things the way you see things. There's lots of other ways exactly. of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, yeah definitely. So. Why? Why did you want to go to Lalu? Like, why? What was it about Lalu that you felt was different about the other options that you were looking at? Right. I mean, Lalu was like a family, literally. Like everyone, not not even like the basketball side, just the whole school. Um, they were all really like nice to me when I first came there to visit. Um, and of course, they were the powerhouse of you know high school basketball. They were one of the best. Uh, last year, like the the year I went to visit, they came second in the. Uh, like the main tournament, which was great. And what they had to offer me was really good. So I think that was the best for me. And, you know, it turned out to be a good thing. So. For, for context, like how, how does, uh, so the school's in Indiana, right? Um, yeah. But the way the high school basketball works, I believe, uh, is that because they were recruiting external players, you couldn't play necessarily in the local indiana leagues and you obviously had a national schedule right like can you just i guess i don't know a lot about it like only those literally what i've just told you but like for someone that has no idea can you explain kind of uh, what the context was you know what competitions they're competing in how that's decided uh what they can and can't play in i mean it's it's a little bit confusing i still don't know all of all about it because i've only been there for a few months you know my season got cut short because of covid situation so yeah i mean i don't know the best but like our school was a, a national national team. It was a prep team, so um, we played all over the the, the country. Um, we didn't really have a league, so we played uh, multiple games. Around twenty, I think we played like twenty four games, and we just had to pick a few te- uh, teams. Would get um, would get invited to like some showcases, some tournaments, and then we would play same like national teams, and then like at the end of every week or so would get ranked and then uh i think um after getting ranked at the end of the season which is around like february 
um, you get invited to this like final tournament called the Geico's Nationals, and like that's the biggest tournament you get to into um, into high school. And we actually got selected to, to that um, fifth seed. So, I mean, we were always like playing for that Geico spot. So yeah, it was good. And that is uh, so you were you were essentially nationally ranked fifth in the country as a as right. a high school yeah. program, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then when you're talking about you know the guys that you're going up against the the players and the teams that you're playing against, can right. you kind of give us some names that people might recognise of of guys that you you played against? Yeah, I mean, I think the first one is probably Jaden Green. Uh, I think most people know him. <laughs> you probably know him as well. Yeah. Um, we played him twice. First game we won. But uh, the second game we lost. But I mean, I played great players. Everyone, I played so many players that were ranked, um, going to the top schools and in college. And I mean, it was really good for me to experience the exposure. You know, playing against so many people. Uh, every every game was filmed like like you do. But um, uh, I mean, it was, it was great. It was great to experience that. When you talk about the transition from playing in the UK to to America, yeah. you know, of course, like you said, you you were playing against Division One men players at practice, you know, on a regular basis, you know, pros, semi pros. Right. Um, did you find that made the transition easier than than it otherwise might have been, rather than having always played juniors? Did you find yeah. the transition easier than you thought it would be? Like, kind of, what was the reality compared to the expectation? I mean, I think it was a lot easier for me to transition because I played, you know, Division One. Um, I also played, you know, high level in European championships, etc. And I also went to like the NBA Academy games. So I kind of like uh, before the European championships, so I kind of knew what I'd be going up against in high school. But of course, I had to transition a little bit, adjust. But um, I think one of the main adjustments I had to do was, you know, get a little bit quicker and more like aggressive because uh, I feel like the sport... Um, over there in basketball, they're a lot more aggressive. But then I also think players in America aren't as smart as players in Europe. I think the IQ is a lot worse. But I mean, I, I'm I'm good at adjusting to things, so it was all good. Did you? How did you? Good. How did you find the level of athleticism in comparison to what you've been used to in in Europe? Oh, it's it's different for sure. I think I think um, it's not as like, like I feel like social media shows America as this crazy place where everyone's jumping out the roof and everything. But once you really go there and, you know, stop playing against these players, it really isn't really like that, especially when you play against two good teams. You know, a lot of basketball in America is, you know, playing one great team against, you know, a small team, like a, a small high school that don't have really any basketball players that are, like, intended to go somewhere like big with basketball so you know they get some highlight tapes of them just going crazy against these small players or whatever and it really isn't like that once you play like big teams and I think I think social media like just it's, it's crazy how how like social media can show stuff and make people think and believe so I think I think it's it's a lot more athletic but it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is yeah, one hundred percent. I do think, especially in the UK, there is a, there is a level, uh, especially amongst younger players, of a sort of almost obsession with high school basketball and thinking because yeah. they see the mixtapes that it's just unbelievable. Right. But actually, you know, you go and unless there are obviously situations where, of course, there are nationally ranked programs that are very good that have got future mm-hmm. NBA 
prospects and whatever else. But actually, on the whole, the level, you know, you've got some states which obviously don't even have a shot clock. So it's like, it's... it's exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. So, yeah, it's... Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting to, to kind of hear you say that. Do you feel like... Um, do you feel like Lalu lived up to your expectations? Like, do you feel like it was everything that you'd wanted it to be in terms of the level of competition you were getting, uh, the development of your game? Uh, I think at times, at times, I think um, when we played the, you know, the top ranked teams, I think it was great. Every game was really close. But then, and, and then those games were like shot clocks and everything. But then at times we just had to fill up our schedule and we'd play these like teams that aren't good, like like you said, teams that don't even want to play, and you know we, we would smoke them by like forty with no shot clock, and it was it was just it wasn't fun or anything. Yeah. And you know games like that, you don't really improve. Um, I mean, you of course you can improve in games like that, but it's harder to improve and develop. So um, it was it was a mix of both. I think I think overall it was it was great for me to go there and experience everything. You know something different than just European basketball. But yeah, do you, do you feel like um, it actually increased your confidence by the fact that it wasn't of it wasn't this ridiculous what you've maybe seen on highlight tapes or whatever? And actually, you're there and you're like, right. I'm good. I'm good enough to do this, and I'm playing at a high level and whatever, you know? Right. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I remember the first time when I took the uh, my first plane to America. You know, I was a little bit stressing. You know, leaving Europe, and I was like, oh shit, uh, maybe maybe I'm not gonna be able like be able to play with these guys i've seen some videos like these guys are going crazy and stuff but really when i got there i just realized like oh i could play with this like it's it's not as big as everyone thinks it is and you know like you said the majority of high school basketball isn't that great there's 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 like a select few of like high schools that are you know great have nba talent and everything but then the rest isn't as good as everyone thinks it is what did you think about the um I guess the level of attention <clears throat> that you started getting, <clears throat> excuse me, I was talking about for it. Um, the, the level of attention that you started getting, sort of the the, the video clips. You know, you obviously played in the Chick Fil A Classic, right. which is one of the bigger bigger yeah. tournaments people know about mm-hmm. in the in the over Christmas break. Um, how was it from 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 that perspective? Uh, so like, that's the one thing that um, America stands out in. Um, I mean, the exposure level is crazy. Um, Every every game, there's some college coaches watching, and I think I think like it just helps so much with confidence as well. Um, some people some people like like get swallowed in, like as as these college coaches like watch you and you know so many fans are shouting at you and stuff. But for me, I think I I played a lot better, like when there's pressure on me. So I think I excelled in those times as well. So did, did it start getting a bit crazy in terms of um? You know, colleges recruiting you. I know you you ended up with a ridiculous list of of colleges that were that were chasing you down. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of did that get a bit overwhelming at any point? Uh, I don't think it really did get that over. Um, I didn't like get overwhelmed at it. You know, during the season, but you know, past when the season got cancelled and you know everyone got was in lockdown, that's when it went a little bit crazy. You know, coaches calling you all the time. Coach like calling my parents like. It'd be like ten coaches a day, and that was pretty overwhelming. That was pretty hard. But um, during the season, it wasn't too bad. Um, I think I was more of the underrated player in, in America still. So not every college coach was, you know, calling me or anything. So it was pretty good. I think. I think. It, oh, yeah, go on, go on, that. carry on, please. I, I think 
if the if the season didn't get cancelled, then you know we would be able to play that Gagku national tournament and you know of course the summer league, um, EYBL and everything. I think I think my my recruitment would excel a lot. It'd be a lot higher than it is it was. When you talk about uh, individual player rankings, you know obviously you were nationally ranked. Um, I think uh, you got as high as forty in in some in some rankings lists. What yeah. what what was your take on national rankings? Do you feel like uh, they were accurate? Do you feel not necessarily talking about your own personal perspective, but of course, yeah. like from you know watching, seeing the different players that are ranked where and stuff like, kind of what was your take on them and how do you think these ranking, uh, whether it's the scouts or whatever, how they're ranking? Like, what do you think the factors were that would go into um, mm-hmm. sort of their decision on where to place a player? I think I think they're not that accurate. Like, like I'm being honest, like. Some of these rankings, like uh, ranking websites, they they hear from other people and they're like, okay, oh shit, this guy has to be higher or anything. There not a lot of people like actually watch these games, and you know, I think it's hard to rank people in America, especially because there there isn't a league or anything. It's just multiple high schools just playing each other, and you know, you're not playing the same competition every time. So how are you meant to like actually judge who's better than who, like if you're not playing the same competition and everything? So. I think it's pretty hard to like just generally rank everyone. I think it's a little bit unfair as well. Wasn't there a situation that you were ranked like seventieth or something like that? You hadn't even played any more games, but you got a couple of offers from D one schools, and then all of a sudden you jumped into the forties. Exactly. Uh, that was during the the lockdown. I was like, I think I was like sixty three or something, and then I I started getting offers because you know everyone realised that there's no like there's not going to be any games this summer or anything. So you know, all these ranking pages started like ranking me a lot higher, like up to 40, which is like, this makes no sense. Yeah. This literally makes no sense because I haven't even played one game. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, I think they're a little bit of bullshit, but... Yeah, yeah, of course. It's one of the things, it's like, it's, it's it's like, it's the same reason, you know, Steve Vera always talks about with, with Denkamp rankings. Like, it, it is good on some level yeah. because it does give uh, does give players something to aspire to of, like, you know, like, I know right. this guy's the number one guy or whatever and um, this is the one I'm gunning for mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But also, it is massively subjective and especially in America yeah. where you're not playing, in the UK it's slightly different because I think generally all the yeah, players exactly. will play against the same type of competition. Yeah. But in America, you've right. got guys that are playing against, you know, they're just the different levels. It's just insane. So it makes it a lot harder to really judge, mm-hmm. right? Um, exactly, but I think that's why we see we see players that make the NBA that you know you kind of hear about them. Oh, they went to a you know uh, a, a small school. They weren't ranked coming out of high school. Like no one knew who they were because right. it is possible for people to slip slip through the clap slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Um, did you use that as a as a motivation as a as a bit of a chip on your chip on your shoulder? A little bit, but I don't really I don't really care about the rankings, you know. If I play well, I play well. It doesn't really matter who sees it until, you know, when it, ha- like, they have to see it and, you know, evaluate me. And, you know, high school doesn't really matter until, high school doesn't really matter. You know, college matters. Like, being able to go to different pro leagues matters. So, I don't really care about it. And, you know, you see so many, like, high school players that go to, uh, they're all American um, players and they go to college and then you see them sitting on the bench. You see them, like, arguing with the coaches and stuff because they have such big egos because in high school they were, you know, these famous high school athletes. But then when they really play these big teams and they get uh, scouted and everything, it's hard for them to do it. And, you know, they don't do as well. So I don't really really look at these rankings and everything. I just try and play my game. And, you know, if people see, they see it. When you talk about... uh... 
I'm going to ask you to to maybe not be humble, but when you when when you think about kind yeah. of your belief in your own game and how good you could be, mm-hmm. if I was to ask, you know, how good do you think you could be? Where do you think you could be playing in four or five years or whatever? Like, what what would you say? I I think I think I could be playing in the NBA for sure. I think I have the talent, I have the mentality to be at that level for sure. And I think I I, I like being in the NBA. I mean, like playing, not being the uh, a guy who you know is on and off the team. Uh, I feel like I could be in in the next four or five years definitely a player who's playing good minutes, contributing to the team for sure. Cool man. So so you obviously did uh, you did your season at well the season was was cancelled. So you, you you got selected for the the, the Geico Nationals, but actually you never ended up competing yeah. in them because that was that was the point the season no. got cancelled. Yeah, so so it actually got for, uh, postponed first, and they kept on bringing the back uh, the date back, and then they it was they're meant to be in New York, and then they said, um, oh, it's going to be in I think North Carolina or something, but then it just kept on getting worse with the the situation we all were in, so they just cancelled in the end, and then and then I was hoping about going to the, like EYBO and everything, but then that got cancelled as well, so it was it was difficult times, but. So yeah, that's that's the thing, right? Is that if you if you'd gone to the if you'd gone to the Geico Nationals, obviously who knows what what could happen there? You know, you then would have had a summer. Yeah. You would have represented Poland under under 18s this summer, I assume, as well. Yeah, Division A. Yeah, uh, yeah, at Division A, and you would have done uh, AAU. Like, it's very possible exactly. possible that you obviously we don't know how things would have worked out, but it's possible when you talk about yeah, the, sure. the the exposure, the spotlight, the potential. Um, uh, of you know other schools recruiting you and, and kind of like blowing up, I mm-hmm. guess it could have really happened for you this summer. Do you feel like you've missed out on a lot? Like, does it does it? Well, I guess how do you feel about it? Like uh, the fact that you kind of had it taken away from you, I guess. Right. I mean, I kind of missed out on it because you know it was going to be my first and last ever AU, um, but I feel like it didn't really matter to me because you know I ended up. You know, coming into Baylor, which is one of the best programs in 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 the country right now, um, a great coach Scott Drew. But I feel like if I did play in you know the the end end tournament and AU and also European Championships, I think I think I would have gone like up, like really really inc- I would really increase in my stock and everything because uh, in Lalamir I didn't really I mean I played well. But I don't think a lot of people saw what I can actually do. I played a lot of the five, you know, playing inside a little bit. But you know, um, I'm more of a perimeter guy who can play make for myself and play make for play make for others. And I think, you know, if I had that AU chance, that European chance, I think people would see that and you know be impressed with me. So. Do you think that that is why you ended up committing so early? Of, of course, you know you're class 2021, and you end up committing in July. Was yeah. it? it was July you ended up committing to to, to, to mm-hmm. Baylor? Like, of course, you know I assume that actually, if 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 it was a case that you were going to have a full summer schedule of, of what you originally had planned, you probably would have held off yeah. and just seen how that panned out. Right. So I w- I wasn't thinking of you know coming so early. I was thinking of coming around like this time November, um, October, but. Because of the whole pandemic, and I was actually meant to visit some schools. Um, I had a, I had like a top school list, um, and I was meant to visit them this summer uh, before AU. But because of everything, you know, everyone was coming in quite early because of the uncertainty and everything. So I just had this great relationship with Baylor. Um, it was hard. It was a hard decision because I had quite a few other good schools. But you know, 
Baylor was with me the whole time. Uh, they created great relationships with my family and with me. And what they offered me was great. So I, I had to commit so early. For sure. Just quickly, I do want to stick on college, but I, 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 uh, one thing, one thing you mentioned there uh, was people not really seeing kind of what you could do necessarily at Lalu because of the fact that you were playing, right. uh, you were playing a lot of the five. And again, this, I feel mm-hmm. like it kind of goes back to everything we were saying about high school basketball not necessarily being what, yeah, you know, like in I would guess in people's head, you'd think you're going to a nationally ranked high school, you're going to have like a seven footer inside, you know, a six eight exactly. power forward, and you can be on the wing. You know, I would assume you say your natural yeah. position is small forward. Would you say natural position? Natural yeah, position? Naturally, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um for sure. and then you can play on the wing and, and then you know you've got your six one point guard and your six four five shooting mm-hmm. guard or whatever. Like uh yeah. how how tough was that like that sort of well, having to play center, <laughs> you know, with someone who's not an inside not yeah. necessarily a, an inside player, you don't want to be an inside player. Um right. do you feel actually there there were maybe some hidden benefits of of helping you develop some parts of your your post game or or was that actually you think that that could have harmed your development in a way that if you were playing on the perimeter, um, you would have excelled more? I think, again, it was a mix of both. I mean, we played with six players, so I had to... I had You to only had six play players? Five. Yeah, yeah. We, I think at the start of the season, we had seven like five, who, who would like actually play, but we had, like I think, ten, nine players on the team. But uh, our seven-foot-three guy got injured, um, wow. and then... We we also had another seven footer, but he's more of like a he's pretty skinny, but he's a good, he's a good player. Trey and he's committed to Minnesota, but um, he wasn't really a center. And then I had to play because I was a little bit bigger than him. I was two twenty, um, hundred kilograms. So it was hard. There was a few matchups where I had to, you know, play play really hard because I played players like Jalen Duran, who's I think number one ranked in twenty twenty two. That guy's a monster. Like he's seven foot, built like a I don't know crazy and it was it was hard but i it definitely it definitely improved me for sure like i don't think it hindered anything because you know i'm still improving my game uh, i was playing against all these big guys and getting stronger uh, i had to think a little bit you know playing against them they're a lot slower than me so i could use an advantage on them so it definitely improved my game for sure even wow. if it's not what i wanted yeah it still improved me I mean, yeah, they say everything happens for a reason, right? Like, you, the exactly. universe works in, in, in weird ways, and I'm sure, you know, at some point right. you might end up in a situation where you think back and you're like, oh, this is actually from that time when exactly. when, when that happened, you know? Um, so, yeah, you, just jumping back to, to the Baylor stuff, like, uh, have you have you been on a visit at all physically with them or anybody uh, else? Have you managed to do any? Yeah, so, I mean, I've done unofficial visits. I went to Michigan State a few times. That was crazy. I went to, they invited me to a game against Duke. That that game was crazy. Um, I also went to Marquette, um, uh, Notre Dame. Um, who else did I go to? DePaul. And then, like, I didn't use any of my official offers because, you know, I was waiting for maybe getting a little more, a few more schools, you know, getting on my radar, especially after Geico's and everything. So I decided to do those official visits, you know, um, during the uh, the summer, uh, the spring summer. So, you know, I couldn't do that. So I, I had to, you know, choose from, you know, talking to them, going on Zoom calls and everything with my family. So it was it was a little bit different, but it was all right. Did you did you get Zoom t- tours and stuff like? What were schools doing in replacement of a physical visit? 
Right. I mean, I had quite a few like Zoom Zoom tours, you know, going around the campus and in their little golf carts, and just me and my family sitting there watching it. I mean, it was all right. It was all right, but it was a little bit long as well. Just just looking at stuff, you know, you think every other high uh, college has, um, but also like a few, uh, quite a few um, colleges would like show me my style of play and what they would see in me, you know, show me some of their ex players who are similar to me and just talk about their schools, which was good. When you talk about, I always joke that I kind of try and live vicariously through all you guys because, uh, of course, I never was offered yeah. any type of scholarship to go anywhere yeah. and don't have any idea about what the recruitment process is like <laughs> aside from watching movies like right. He Got Game and stuff. Um, but, yeah, you, yeah. you know, like, uh, when you talk about maybe the stand, like a standout thing that's happened during the recruiting process in terms of has when you think about the craziest thing a school's done or the, or the thing that's really impressed you in terms of the effort they went to to try and recruit you, um, does anything like really stand out? Ooh. Um, ooh, that's, that's a hard question. There's been quite a lot of good, good moments. Uh, ooh. I don't even know now. Mm. I, I, think, I think the Michigan's game against, uh, Michigan State game against Duke was pretty big. I mean, I, I got great seats. I was sitting behind. I mean, I was sitting in front of uh, Clay Thompson and Zaza Pachulia because that was that was that was the day um, Draymond Green got his uh, jersey retired. So there was a f- they were full of NBA players and big time names. Wow. So I think that game was crazy, and it was against Duke. So the whole place was going crazy. It was like a football stadium, literally. So wow. it was crazy. It was crazy. What was it about Baylor? Like, why Baylor? Right. Um, what what do you think it was that set them apart? <laughs> so I mean, I've like they've been in, they've been in contact and like looking at me since European Championships, even before that, even before that. But uh, they kept a consistent relationship with me and my family. Um, they always, you know, hit me up, checked how I was doing, how the family was doing. Um, they never really forgot about us. They we it wasn't even like. We talked about basketball the whole time. It was literally just, just about life and like um, just how we were doing, especially during like the lockdown and keep making sure we're safe and everything. And, you know, in the end, what they offered me and the team that is, I think, was great. You know, um, my year, the, free, the the position three and four, small forward, power forward is open. All the seniors are left. So, you know, I've got a chance to go from the start and, you know, play as a freshman, which is great for me. And then also what they see me as a player, you know, playing at the 4-3. Um, they want me to play perimeter, you know, drive and kick, shooting as well. They see how I can shoot as well because I don't think a lot of people understand how good of a shooter I am. Like last year, I, w- I hit 50% of my shoot uh, freeze. Um, so I think what they offered me was great. And then, of course, it's Baylor. They were number one ranked team the, the whole the whole year, except for until the end where they lost to Kansas and they moved down to second rank. But... You know, they're a great team, winning mentality. So I think that was the best place for me. Of course, you know, this, it's not going to happen till 2021 uh, season. Right. But when you look ahead to college briefly, uh, what do you think <laughs> you are most looking forward to uh, about going to Baylor and kind of, I guess, what excites you the most when you, when you think about it? I mean, everything about Baylor, I think it's going to be crazy. Um, you know, just, just playing against all the best teams, like the national schedule. And actually, um, this next summer, 
we actually got um, invited to represent USA as, at the university games in China. So that's going to be a crazy experience. Uh, we're going to Bahamas for a showcase, a tournament next year. So, I mean, there's tons of experiences that, you know, not an ordinary kid wouldn't be able to do. So I think, I think it's going to be great. How much are they in touch now, uh, you know, whilst you go through your season in, in Germany? Right. I mean, they've watched most of my games. They're really excited for me. And it's not even like there's the coach that recruited me, an assistant coach uh, called Coach Jakers, who I'm really close to, and then also head coach. But even everyone else in in the the the, the college, um, all the coaches are talking to me. They're hitting me up. And it's just a family like base. Um, I'm talking to a few of the players from this year. I mean, they've got hopes of winning the championship this year as well. They're ranked top five in every basically website. So I think it's just a family there. And it's all good. So the season got cancelled. You know, uh, the, the, they're postponing the, the, the Geico Nationals. Keep putting it back, keep putting it yeah. back. Uh, you know, meanwhile, this COVID thing is starting to get more serious. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to realise that actually this is going to impact things maybe more than, than anyone has had envisaged. Right. Exactly. Did you come back to the UK this summer at all? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I actually came back in February. We had spring break right before Geico's, and we went to have uh, we had two weeks off, you know, just chill, and then we'd go back to work. Two, I think, three weeks, and then we'd have Geico's. But I think two days before my flight, like everything, like started getting worse with uh, COVID, and uh, they started postponing stuff. And then my my uh, my school emailed me that oh, we're giving you guys two more weeks off because of, of this situation that's happening. So I stayed in England for two more weeks. And then, um, and then you know, it just kept on getting worse and worse. People think it would, people were thinking that it's going to get better soon, very soon, but nothing really happened. And, you know, we were looking at America and it's probably one of the worst. They got hit pretty badly. The situation wasn't well there. So we just had to start thinking about maybe you know, coming back to Europe for one year more year and then keeping my eligibility and then going to, you know, college would be the best thing for me because, you know, you know, high school isn't really sustainable there right now. So, uh, yeah, that's what went through our heads that during that lockdown. Who, who are you having conversations with about that decision? Uh, who was advising you and kind of, um, I guess, when you were weighing up your options, was it a case of like putting the feelers out to see what, you know, you've already spoken about the fact that on were, were on your case when you were a lot younger, so maybe there was already a relationship right. there. But like, um, kind of, yeah, like how how did it all sort of end up end up playing out? Yeah, so I mean, of course, I talked to my parents. They they you know they helped me a lot during these times. Uh, but also, you know, I, I've, I've I'm staying in contact with Coach Matt and uh, Coach Jack. I think they really they influenced me a lot, especially in decisions like that, which were really big for me. Um, and then I think th- th- those were the main people. We asked a few other people, but we just tried to keep it quiet. We don't want anything, a big fuss on, uh, about it because we didn't want to, you know, disrespect Lalamir or anything because it wasn't literally that. It was just because of the situation. So, um, you know, we, we were talking. Um, we were thinking of maybe maybe staying or going somewhere in Europe or even coming back to England. But... Um, in the end, uh, I had a relationship with that's uh, your farm Um I talked to a few other co- um, European clubs, but I think because of the relationship I had with them, um, one of the like directors stayed in contact with my stepfather for over two years. So 
and and like their their resume with you know Killian Hayes, a young player who's going to the NBA this year. I mean, it was it was a great place for me to you know evolve and you know continue my work and develop as a player, but also as a play, uh, person. So yeah. So did you come back to the UK at all during after you left the US, or did you go straight from the US to Germany? No, so I went to I went from US during uh, like I went to US in February. I was in US in February. Came back then the I left, and I and I didn't go back to America. So oh, I was you didn't in, go back to America at all from February. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I, was in, I, was in, I was in England since February. Um, I it was it was it was pretty difficult, you know. Court courts was really hard to find, but I I got some courts to go to. Were so you in Were you in Southampton or were you in Milton Keynes? Uh, I I did a bit mix of both. Okay. I, I I started off in Southampton. Um, I was practicing there with them, and then I had to come back to Milton Keynes because everything was like like shot. And then like once everything started to open up a little bit, um, I could get caught in Southampton, and I I went to Southampton to to go there and practice. So that's that's what I did until end of June, and then I moved to Germany. Oh, so you've been in Germany since June. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah. what's the what have they kind of? I guess what what did they say to you? Like, what was the kind of pitch? I guess to kind of bring you in because so of course they've they've got the BBL side right, and then they've got the right. the feeder side. The Orange Academy is is, is what it's called, right? In which yeah. uh, so you you made Orange your yes, yeah, so you made your um you made your pro B debut at the weekend, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But kind of yeah, what was the pitch? Like, what did they say in terms of opportunities for you to play the level you'd be playing at? Have they said potentially right. that you could end up getting a call up into the into the BBL side? Like, kind of yeah, I guess what's the uh, what's yeah. the lay of the land in Germany? So when we first started talking, I mean, they like it was of course just you know getting a place to stay and you know start developing, and they from from the start they were saying like oh, pro B is like where you're definitely going to be playing. Like, we don't really want you playing like under 19s or anything. We want you to develop with older players and so. But like, of course, I'm going to be playing some some games with under 19s if it's a tough game or something. But I think it was mostly B, uh, pro B. But then they also said, you know, BBL. You will see how you're doing practicing wise and uh, pro B wise, and see how how many points you. Uh, I mean, how your stats are going and how you're you know contributing to the team. And I mean, uh, it's a little bit difficult for me to play with uh, practice with BBL because they practice normally during the midday. And because I have school, it's pretty hard for me to, you know, do both. And then they have like only a few practices a week because they have Euro Cup on, uh, in the middle of the week and then two games or one game on the weekend. So it's pretty hard for me to get into the into the, the same groove as them. But I've I've been called up for some practices and I think I'm definitely in the, at that level where I can play BBL and I think I could contribute to their team. But it's, it's pretty tough if, you know, I've got school and so but. I think, um, you know, hopefully after Christmas, maybe my schedule is going to, you know, go down a little bit like school wise. And maybe I'll, I'll be getting a few more um, chances to play with BBL, whether that's uh, playing games or practicing with them, for sure. What is your, I didn't even think about the fact that you'd be at school. What's your typical sort of daily yeah. schedule look like uh, there? You know, how, how's it working out? And in terms of schooling, are you in an international school where they teach you in English, or are you trying to learn German? Like, what's, yeah. what's, how's it happening? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm in a. I'm lucky to be in an international school. Of course, I still need to learn German, but it's not the hardest German. I know a little bit, but I'm not too great at that. Um, so I'm I'm doing that, and then 
I I have, you know, uh, three times a week, I have two training sessions a day, one in the morning um, and then one in the evening. I normally wake up around like 5.30 on those days because I need to get, I need to get ready for school and, and go to practice in the morning. So, and then the other two days I have one practice and then of course game on the, on the weekends. So that's, that's normally a week for me. Wow. The, how will your education end up looking? So, cause, so you finished your GCSEs in England. You then did a, year, yeah. you did a year in high school in the States. You're now doing a year yeah. in Germany. Like, what are you actually going right. to end up with qualification-wise on the other side of this after this season? Right. So it's, it's a little bit confusing because I've been in so many places and, you know, the education is different in every, every place. But uh, I'm kind of in like an American system here in Germany. I'm I'm doing a little bit different than all the other like students in my class because they're doing like some some crazy course which I could never do with like the time I'm doing like with basketball and everything. So they they changed it up a little bit for me and I'm just uh I need to do a few I I need to get a few more credits and I'm gonna be good eligible for for NCAA and I think like if I keep on you know getting my grades I think after Christmas I will have a really light schedule so. I think it's going to just open up more opportunities basketball wise for sure. Are you are you generally quite good academically? Uh, I'm pretty good, yeah. I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um So, I guess like I mean, looking looking so how have you was that your first game of the season like the only game that you've played this season or have you played games with the under 19s as well? So we had, we had a preseason, a really long preseason. We started uh, like end of August. Before that, we had like um, like individuals, but we started our preseason end of August. We played like thirteen games of preseason. Wow. Yeah, quite a lot of games. Um, and then I think like two or three of them were like uh, with under nineteens. And then two weeks ago, we had a few positive cases in our in our club. So we we were and we were meant to start our game our season that two weeks ago so we, we missed we missed a few we had to quarantine for uh 10 days wow. so we missed we missed uh, our first opener but you know we came back we had a few days of um of practice and we had to play straight away against Bayern Munich so it was a pretty tough game but we won the game in the end so it was all good what's your living arrangements are you in a player house player apartment like uh yeah it's kind of a player's house but um i i think i'm living pretty nice i got my own bedroom and uh kitchen and uh bathroom so it's pretty nice oh nice and so by the end of this season how many games will you have played what's the what's the actual schedule looking like uh so i, I don't know exactly on top of my head but so i've got i've definitely got pro b games uh that's over i think over 20 something like that games but then also under 19s and there's also an, an, a league lower than Pro B that I'll be playing. But right now, both of them are postponed for two months because of, you know, the situation. So I think I think that the, the, the thing of this scene is going to be, it's not going to be that sustainable. And I think because Pro B and BBL are pro uh, leagues, I'll be able to play them for sure. Because, you know, we, we have testing, regular testings, and uh, they generate money, but, you know, uh, leagues like under 19s and the, the league below Pro B, I don't know if I'll be yeah. like playing in those because they're wow. just not sustainable and they're getting cancelled and everything. So we'll so see. When you're looking ahead to next summer, uh, you know, let's assume that you 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 know you finish out the season there. Um, yeah. 
what is the plan in terms of let's just say that covid is okay and everything is meant to ha- happen as it's meant to happen uh do you see yourself uh representing poland under 18s at the european championships and then then going to the us and then going and starting a baylor or do you see yourself potentially skipping the europeans and going straight to america just to kind of have that adjustment period get in the gym early and stuff like that baylor already told me that like they definitely want me to go to european championships and you know represent my country and do well in that because there's also like exposure there and you know scouts there and everything so they told they definitely told me to do that of course it's my decision but um i think i'll be going to baylor around may so straight after germany i'll be going to america because we have summer school and then we're also going to be preparing for those you know un- uh, uh university games in china so like i'm going to be my schedule is going to be really tough during the summer but then after that i'm going to you know go to um come back to europe play the european championships and then probably maybe a few days off and then go back to America, start school and then, you know, start the season with the with Baylor. So it sounds like we're yeah. gonna we're gonna miss out yeah. on having you play in the Hoots All Star Classic for the final time before you head off, man. Killer. Maybe, 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 maybe we'll, f- we'll find a way to, to do that. I'll definitely want to do that. <laughs> yeah, man. We was, it was, it's so funny. Like, obviously, we've, we've, you know, guys like yourself, guys that we know are going to end up leaving young. It's like we know we have to get them as young as possible because there's a very big chance that by the time they've gone, it's just going to be so hard to get them back um, because the schedules and, and everything else, they just end up spending so many of the summers away rather than rather than back in the UK. It's, it's, it's tough. Uh, right. It's tough scheduling wise. Um Look, we're coming to the coming to the end. I feel like we've we've done a good uh, a good career retrospective uh, up until up until this point. But just just quickly, I guess, you know, when you're talking about other players at the UK, your kind of generation, um, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, like who are the other names that you think um, you know guys should be keeping an eye on that you think have you know have got a, a bright future in this sport? America, of course, you know you already had them on your your podcast, but Cam Hildreth committed to Wake Forest, a great a great school and a great um, uh, conference, ACC, I believe, right? ACC, yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's he's got a bright future. I see him killing in in, uh, in in England. So, I think there's quite a few. You know, Josh Duje in, in Arizona now, uh, he's doing well. And then there's so many, like, players in D1 now, uh, a little bit older than us. But I think, I think you know, Basketball in England is is increasing a lot, and the the, the talent you know around the world, um, it from from England is you know increasing, and it's going the right way for sure. I think. Do you, do you get to follow? Uh, do you follow British basketball whilst you're overseas? Do you still follow like the Solent guys in D1 and stuff like that? Like kind of how how on top of it are you? We're hard, you know, during like being in America because of the time difference and everything, but. Being back in Germany, it's a lot easier for me because it's only an hour difference. So I've been trying to watch a few of the Sony uh, Kestrel games because I, I love that they're all streamed now. I mean, the Lynch Trophy is streamed, so I think that's great, you know, seeing all of those players play, uh, knowing some of them as well, which is great. So I, 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 I've been following a little bit. Perfect. So, and then you know, fi- final question. We we kind of spoke about it earlier, but what's in the, what's in the future for for, for Jeremy? Uh, you know, if 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 someone was to ask, uh, where are you going to be in, let's say, three years? Uh, well, in fact, do you think it's an option? Do you think in your head it's potential that you could end up leaving college early? 
is that something that's in your head or do you see yourself at the moment doing the full four years and, and, and then declaring if that is an option? You know, I'm not really like, I'm going to go to college and, you know, do my thing. I'm not really going to think about how many years I'm going to do and everything. And, you know, I'm going to see at the end of every year what I can do. Like if, if, you know, an option is to leave early, but for me, I believe I can leave after a year or two. I think, I think that's really possible for me. The way I've, imp- I've improved this summer, um, I think I've got all the tools physically and mentally. My IQ is really good. Um, I think I have everything to, you know, take it to the next step after college for sure. So I think I'm going to work my, my ass off and try and do that. But I'm not, I'm not going in there, you know, trying to, trying to leave after a year. You know, I'm just going to do me and if it comes, it comes. That's a, a, a perfect place to leave it. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much. Um, obviously, all the best for this season. We'll be uh, following very closely and um, and we will have to have you on at some point in the future um, and see how it's all panning out for you. Okay, thank you. Psst. Hey, podcast listener. But you weren't expecting to hear from me again. Now that you've listened to the show, please take two seconds to take your podcast player out of your pocket and give us a rating and review on iTunes. It would be massively appreciated and goes a long way in helping us spread this content far and wide. Literally take your phone out of your pocket right now. Uh, open up your podcast player. Go to the Hoops Fix podcast. You'll see the option to leave a rating and review. Drop us a five star if you love it. And uh, if you could take two seconds just to write a review as well, it would be massively, massively appreciated. Thank you and speak to you next week. You are listening to the Hoops Fix podcast, the official voice of the UK's largest basketball website. Visit hoopsfix.com for exclusive news, videos and more.